0: Welcome to Grace Abounds. I'm Pastor Jen Shaw, and in this podcast, I'm sharing my Sunday sermons from St. John's Lutheran Church, Palm Desert, California. I'm so grateful that you've joined us, and I trust that these words build you up in faith, hope, and love. Some years ago, while I was attending Ascension Lutheran Church in Thousand Oaks, I helped lead an adult ed class on The Divine Conspiracy by Dallas Willard. I've shared before how important this book has been in my faith journey. And part of that significance is how convicted I am by Willard's insistence that Jesus wasn't kidding around when he told us and showed us how to live our lives, as he does in our gospel reading for today, calling us to be servants of all, to use our power for the good of others, to follow his example. Willard writes, Plainly, in the eyes of Jesus, there is no good reason for not doing what he said to do, for he only tells us to do what is best. In one situation, he asks his students, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Just try picturing yourself standing before him and explaining why you did not do what he said was best. Now, it may be that there are cases in which this is appropriate, and certainly we can count on his understanding. But it will not do as a general posture in a life of confidence in him. After reading Willard's book, I shared with Pastor Tim how disheartening and freeing it was to realize that no matter how hard I tried to be good, I am a sinner saved by grace just like everybody else. I said to him, I guess I just felt, and he finished my sentence like God didn't have to work as hard with you. Perhaps that's how James and John feel when they come to Jesus with a bold request. James and John, two brothers, former fishing partners on the Sea of Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and as Jesus named them, the sons of thunder. They were among the first disciples that Jesus called. And along with Peter, they formed the inner circle of Jesus' disciples. Peter, James, and John were in the boat when Jesus calmed the storm at sea. They collected the leftovers when Jesus fed thousands on a hillside. They were in the room when Jesus brought a young girl back to life. They were on the mountaintop. When Jesus was transfigured before them and illuminated with the majesty of God. And not too long from now, they will be in the Garden of Gethsemane as Jesus prays. James and John have experienced the glory of Jesus, but they don't quite understand it yet. And so they come to Jesus and ask for a place of privilege in his glory, to be seated at his right hand and at his left. In ancient throne rooms, kings were flanked on the right and left by their most powerful assistants. James and John asked Jesus for status, for authority, for power over others. Perhaps James and John believe despite Jesus' repeated statements otherwise, that Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God, is an earthbound, time-bound national king who will triumph through violent force against others. He will march into Jerusalem with an army and defeat the occupying Roman Empire. He will make their nation the greatest nation in the land. Perhaps James and John want to rule with Jesus over others among the kingdoms of this world. Perhaps James and John have a higher vision. They're looking forward to the age to come when Jesus will come again in glory, as he already said he will do, and he will reign over all the earth. Perhaps James and John want the best seats At the heavenly banquet. Perhaps they want to rule with Jesus over others in the kingdom of God. But the glory Jesus is about to experience in Jerusalem is not the glory these disciples seem to expect. Jesus will not use his power in ways they seem to anticipate. As Jesus tells his disciples, he did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life to redeem the world. The two people who will be at the right hand and the left hand of Jesus in his glory are two criminals condemned to die on a cross alongside Jesus. The glory of God in Christ comes through suffering to restoration, through the cross to the empty tomb, through death to life. Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God, is the heavenly, cosmic, eternal King who triumphs through sacrificial love, through power for others through servanthood. Jesus is the suffering servant, described by the prophet Isaiah. God, our creator, redeemer, sustainer, who loves us so much that he came in the flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ, who joined with us in our humanity, who lived a life of grace and truth, who taught us and showed us how to love who took our suffering as his own and ultimately healed us, who took our death as his own and freed us from it forever, who brings us with him into life eternal and abundant, life now and forever, life that does not end. As the psalmist declares, God is with us in our troubles. He will ultimately deliver us He will give us salvation. Jesus is our high priest, as the author of Hebrews writes, who has the power to sympathize with our weaknesses, who has the power to be patient with the wayward and misguided, who has the power. To restore all of our relationships with God and each other and the whole creation. As Pastor Eugene Peterson notes, the word priest is derived from the Latin pontiflex, which means bridge builder, connector, relationship repairer. As Jesus explains to his disciples, once he pulls them away from quarreling once again over who among them is the greatest, this time instigated by the request of James and John, they know how it is among the Gentiles, among those who do not know God as they know God, who do not seek the will and the way of our one true good and gracious Lord. The ruler of Galilee at the time, Herod Antipas, had executed their friend and colleague John the Baptist because John spoke out against Herod's immorality. The governor of Judea, Pontius Pilate, sought to maintain his rule by killing those he saw as a threat and subjugating the people under his governance. The Roman emperor, claimed to be Lord, and violently defended that claim. They used power as power over others. They used force and falsehood and fear. This is how it is, then and now, among those who follow the destructive patterns of this fallen world but it is not so among followers of Jesus Christ. As Jesus teaches his disciples, true and lasting greatness is found in caring for the people in our lives, in daily acts of kindness, in speaking words that build each other up. True and lasting power is not power over others, but power for others, not force and falsehood and fear, but goodwill and truth and love, not lording it over others, but keeping in heart and mind that we are all beloved children of the one gracious Lord. As Pastor Steve once said in a sermon at Ascension, the ground is level." at the foot of the cross. As followers of Christ, we are not to be served, but to serve. As Richard Rohr puts it, life is not about you. You are about life. James and John, the sons of thunder, and those early disciples of Jesus did come to more fully understand his teaching. They carried on his ministry after he ascended into heaven. They suffered for the sake of the gospel. They served Christ and Christ's community. They carried the good news to us here today. And they are now at home in glory, sitting together at the heavenly banquet at the place prepared for them by Jesus their savior, their teacher, their friend. In the freedom of a Christian, Martin Luther writes, we are perfectly free subject to none and perfectly dutiful servants subject to all. It is because we are the first free that we are also the second servants. In Christ, we are freed from sin and death and worries over our own salvation. We know we are saved, we are loved, and we are freed for serving God and others in love. And so Luther writes, surely we are named after Christ, not because he is absent from us, but because he dwells within us. That is, because we believe in him and are Christ's one to another and do to others as Christ does to us. What does that mean for you today? In what ways do you expect others to serve you? In what ways might you serve others? How might you continue to follow the example of Jesus Christ and do what he tells us to do? Amen. Thanks for listening. We're doing this every week so make sure to subscribe. If you'd like more information about St. John's mission to know Christ and make Christ known, visit our website stjohnslutheran.church. May God bless you on this day and in all the days ahead.